From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into another episode of the Pucks Out Podcast. I'm Bobby Butler. He's Brandon Bond. hey You can find us on the three majors of social media at Pucks Out Pod. Now let's crack open a cold beer and let's get after it. Let's do it. What do we got today, Bob? Oh, we got a Gerst Amber Ale from Yazoo. Mmm, some delicious Gerst. I'm excited. Solid. Yeah, some Yazoo beer always always good on the uh, the old taste buds. Oh man. yeah, don't forget, guys, check out our Water Maneuver store to get all the apparel you need. You can find that link on all of our social media pages, and don't forget to hit us up on YouTube and subscribe. We are still doing the 100 subscriptions promo. If you're one of the first 100 subscriptions, you are, will be entered into all future swag bag contests. I hope I win. <laughs> <laughs> you have access to all of the swag. <laughs> yeah, but it's always better when you win something, Bobby. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Still no overalls on the uh, on the shop. <laughs> Tell and you what, next time I come over, I'll bring a t-shirt gun and just start shooting you with t-shirt gun and t-shirts. Dope. Look, bro, but if you can get an overall gun and get me some Bucks <laughs> Out podcast, you know how I've been wanting it. Maybe like a coverall type of that, deal. I was just thinking you get know some coverall, man. Dude, just like we're regular type yeah. of guys that work on cars and Maybe stuff. we can get a deal with Duluth and get some Duluth uh, coveralls. That would see. That'd be dope. And But we got to get some fake oil stains on it so it <laughs> makes it look like we, we utilize. <laughs> so what's up? What's going on, man? How's uh, how's your week been? Uh, busy, man. Work is super busy right now. You know, it's uh, a home cheese making kit company. So everyone's wanting to do it at home, man. Stand, standing Stone Farms. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's what literally what our studio is named after, bro. <laughs> um, so that's that's all. I mean, it's such a great, great activity and thing to be able to do it at, at the house right now. Yeah. So uh, provide you a little utility with getting, you know, having some cheese, but yeah. then also gives you something to do. Yeah, for, it keeps the kids for, uh, entertained and... But how about you, bud? Me? I've uh, been doing been doing pretty well. Nothing super mega going on. Got a new uh, got a new laptop, so we can we can start doing some more more stuff with the pod. Just working, 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 man. Not a whole bunch uh, that I've been I've been getting into. But how about we get into some news, man? Yeah, not much buddy. to get into, but there have been rumors of the NHL starting back up in June, and that was confirmed when uh, Gary Bettman said to uh, some website. <laughs> Didn't do enough research on that. But yeah, Gary Bettman talked about how uh, the NHL might be restarting back in June. What are your thoughts on that? I'm intrigued as a, as a fan of sports. I am nervous for what this may potentially do later on down the road, yeah. honestly. Uh, yeah, I think that it is a irresponsible decision, and I'm ashamed that the owners aren't stepping in and saying, no, we can't be doing this. It's time to scratch the season. You know, yeah. it's get, time to award. Started. We need to award the President's Cup. Award individual awards and just call the season. Get ready for training camp and hope that we are good to go by training camp. Because here's the thing. The regular seasonal flu tears up and devastates locker rooms. We've seen it every year. Every single year in every sport, the flu gets a team and it it can just spread. Everyone can see how fast it spreads in a locker room. This is much more deadlier. This is much more contagious than that flu. So what's it going to do? I mean, they already say no more than groups of 10. 
just the team itself, you're looking at a couple a couple dozen players. Three on threes. We're gonna do that. <laughs> you're gonna do that that hockey movie thing where the guys are going into the locker room. I forget what the, what is that movie called? Mystery Alaska? Something like that. No, I uh I agree with you. I think it could be it could be potentially irresponsible, but not only for just this season. If no other seasons were in the balance and these guys all sign up and they want to play hockey, I mean, who who are we to say as long as they, I mean, obviously I wouldn't say fans should be allowed back in. Well, from what I saw, one of the things looking at is letting in some fans, which is a whole different thing. How, what fans do you decide to let in? <laughs> is it random? I, do I you know. say, hey, whoever pays the most money gets in? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I would imagine if you're asking me, yeah, <laughs> I would I would say we only have 100 tickets. We're just going to charge well, 100 times what it would normally cost. Well, what about season tickets? Like, what about my seats? I mean, because I'm, I'm a, I, I have premium seats. Are they letting me in? Look, man, I mean, I, 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 you I, need to answer these questions. I get where you're coming from, Bobby, <laughs> but you're coming at me with these questions. And look, man, I don't know what they're going to do with your seats, bro. You, it sounds like there's got to be some sort of customer service line for you to contact that you can direct these questions, and they may not be able to answer them, but they're most certainly getting paid to answer them. <laughs> um, but something else that happened this weekend, congratulations to Austin Bowman for winning the first iDega. Sure. iRacing Dega, man. So yeah, the Talladega was the with this weekend on the iRacing. Dude, it was actually pretty cool. Was well, it? Old Jeff Gordon got into a, got into a car, uh, you know, and raced. And I mean, I guess the one thing, the reason that you retire from racing is kind of gone when you're just doing it online. But my boy Clint Boyer, not specifically my boy, but he was in the the last lap in the on the final stretch, and he kind of his car kind of spun a little bit, and you know, we nobody kind of knew. Well, we find out after the race is over that uh, his daughter turned off the TV. So that would be. <laughs> I'm honestly really surprised that it nicks that after what happened with Kyle Larson. What? Oh, the oh, we yeah, dropped yeah, the we dropped the <laughs> dropped an yeah, N word. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine I would imagine that only very few people that were going to say anything saw it because I mean, you know, NASCAR. You, has some normal fans and stuff, but it has a good subset of people that probably not only care that he said it, but probably applauded him for it <laughs> for such. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that would be that would be like the the extent of the same thing of oh, we can't play hockey anymore because some guy dropped a dropped a. Well, I figured they would at least put maybe bet. hopefully they put a delay on it or something. Oh, I would delay. imagine. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Because oh. I, I watched the I watched it. I heard about it. And I'm like. That but to be crazy. fair, but to be fair, Bobby, they're really capturing the essence of the internet. And <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Did you like, see the video of him doing it? No, oh, no it I was didn't. wild. I didn't watch it. So pretty much, he says it, and it's quiet. It is quiet. And one of whoever, someone goes, "Hey, bud, uh, we can all hear you." And you just hear it, the silence of his that, which is now his career. Yeah. Well, it's, it's and you NAS- just hear you just hear someone go, "Yikes!" It's NASCAR. <laughs> it's it's so purely individual that I mean, it's not like he has to work with other teammates. You know, at this point, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, there may be some fines and stuff, but I would imagine career wise, driving the car is not going to be much different for him. Yeah, for Uber. <laughs> he'll be on Uber now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. I think we're looking to move into our 
part three of the GM grades. We're still out west. Uh, yeah. Technically out west. But um, but before we do that, I do want to give a quick shout out, extend our thoughts to all of our brothers and sisters up in Nova Scotia after the tragedy there. We're with you guys. So yeah, let's. Uh, I'll, I'm going to start off with Winnipeg. You know, as we said in the in the first part, we judge contracts based on above or below seven million. We believe that if you are make seven million or more, then you should be playing as an elite player. And Winnipeg has two of those: Blake Wheeler at eight point two five and Kyle Connor at seven point one. So, and those guys, you know, that they, they're playing well. You know, Winnipeg is a top heavy team, and those two guys are playing well. They have three point seven million in salary cap available, which is a decent amount. Yeah, definitely. They obviously need to make some moves because we're going to talk about later the good and the bad. They're top heavy, and they right now they, they need to get a better defense in there because right now they're relying all on Connor Hallebeck, and that's going to wear out. So we saw here in Nashville what happens when you rely solely on a goaltender. Well, and he's so streaky as well. Yeah. I mean, that's that's he played lights out this past year, uh, obviously, um, and that happens. That can happen for them. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, their draft capital they. Uh, They've got one in every round except for three, four, and seven, so not great draft capital. So they're going to have to go into their uh, AHL team and see what they can find there. But some of the good, you know, they've got Eller signed through 24-25 on a cheap contract. Yeah. He's been performing well. But as we said on the bad, top-heavy lineup, over, they overly rely on Hallebeck and no defense. Uh, I think for team grade, we decided on a B- and on a GM grade, C+. Yeah, and and some also some good, some decent contracts for guys like Mark Shifley and Patrick Line. Um, what is Line's? Uh, Line is currently making uh, six point seven five per year, but his contract is up in twenty twenty one. So plant coming in, playing in the contract years, always a uh, always a, can pro- provide a little motivation yeah. for one of the league's best goal scorers. Just hasn't seemed to find his consistent ability to score goal. I mean, he can go on a tear. It's one of the one of the downfalls of owning him in fantasy is that sometimes you don't need 19 goals in one week. You need 19 goals over four weeks, and yeah. <laughs> and so uh, so uh, for for them to get to take another look at him. I mean, I don't see how you let him go. He's a he's a generational talent the guy is 20 21 years old so i mean it's not like he doesn't have plenty of room to grow but yeah mark shifley getting uh getting a pretty good deal 6.12 a year and then 2024 is is when his contract is up so i always like shifley he's a great great hockey player so Good deal for him. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about them over there in Mile House City? Oh yeah. Oh Avalanche. Let me down, to be fair, in the uh in the mascot draft. So <laughs> um uh no, a uh, lot a lot a lot of good going on in Colorado. Really glad that this specific one fell to me. Uh players over seven million. Can you guess for me how many you're you're looking at the dock, aren't you? I, so, I, how it's many? below me, but I'm gonna guess three. They have one guy making over seven million dollars a year. It's Mik- it's uh, Miko Rantanen making nine point two five a year. Even Nathan McKinnon sitting at six point three a year. And they got a few, uh, got a good few years left. Twenty twenty five till Rantanen's expires in twenty twenty three until. McKinnon's expires. You got Landis Cog's salary coming up in 2021. He's only making 5.5 mil, so you got to assume that uh, that he'll he'll probably go up into that upper echelon. But I mean, McKinnon at 6.3 a year, what a what a freaking steal! Because I mean, yeah. you could argue that that man should be making 12 million dollars a year. Ooh, you know, yeah. salary cap available a whole lot actually, 5.5 million. Uh, so good good amount of salary salary cap uh, to bring in some players or some pieces to fill out that roster. Uh, 
Um, not the best draft capital, but certainly not the worst draft capital. Uh, pick in the first round and then a single pick in rounds three through seven. Uh, the good, well, obviously, when, when healthy, the bet, one of the best lines in hockey, you know, argue with me if you want. But, uh, but McKinnon, Landis, Cog, and Rantanen, when they're on, they are playing tremendous hockey. Uh, so one of the best lines in the game. They're getting deeper. They're making great GM moves. Uh, superstar players as well. You know, that's, that's something that a lot of t- great teams, even, even good teams, lack a, a superstar. And they got multiple superstars there. Goaltenders played a lot better than than was expected of them in the beginning of the year. Uh, I would say we we were struggling to come up with some bad, but they were very injured. They were they were very yeah. injured, which uh, really isn't on them. Sure, no, absolutely not. Um, that's but I mean we had to find some bad in, in what was going yeah. on in Colorado. But they're so young, but they're they're they were getting some injuries, but they were still able to sustain runs through injured players and guys being out. Team, I think we went went with an A. And GM, we went with an A. I mean, yeah. hard. No, there was not a lot to complain about, you know, from from the Avalanche. Uh, Going to be a scary team in the Central Division for for years to come, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, I think your turn to move over to the old Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about those assholes in Chicago for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so players over seven million, obviously uh, Kane and Taze, they're making ten and a half million per year. I see there. Uh, you wrote three three years left. Is that they each both. have three? They, they both have both? three years okay. left. So that's big money. Yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens if they go if they go somewhere else. Yeah, you have to think that Taze is going to probably get close to retirement after that contract. Yeah, I mean he might sign a one year after that. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's usually you have guys that will want to maybe stick around and win a cup, but I guess when you got three, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean you you're not you're not as hurting for that. So, uh, but, but yeah, their uh, salary cap not great. 175k. No, not for what they're not for what they're producing on ice and. and and the product they're bringing yeah. forth. So that's enough to maybe give someone a signing bonus. That's about it. Yeah. Not even that. Draft capital, though, good. They've got one uh, They got one pick in every round except for the seventh round where they don't have a pick, and in the third round they have two picks. So they're going to have some youth coming in, hopefully if they play their cards right. Hopefully in their AHL system they got some good guys. You know, the good for the, that team Patrick Kane is always on fire. Always good. I mean, it doesn't he, look he like is he's a difference maker no matter what the, how the team looks. I mean, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane. Uh, the bad, obviously, no cap space, and they just can't keep the puck out of the net. Yeah, their defense is almost non-existent. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. they got rid of Robin Leonard now. So, and Duncan Keith is uh, is older. I mean, yeah. he's not not producing at the levels that Duncan Keith is. Corey Crawford before. is just no good anymore. And I mean, even when he is good, he's he. I mean, we we talk about injuries not necessarily being players' fault, and obviously they're his or not his fault either. But no. but injury when your injury history is constant concussions, that's a that's a problem. Not only just for your team and you being able to be on the ice, but just for you personally, long term, um, it's scary. You know, I mean, Corey Crawford, uh, since we played them in the in the playoffs, I feel has missed. Well over eighty some odd games yeah. with concussion issues, and it's just he'll come back for a week and he gets another concussion. That's, I mean, that's obviously no concussion is healthy, but most certainly getting them one one after the other. And each time, it's taking him longer and longer to to 
to get in, uh, to get back in, into the onto the team because such is the nature of concussions that they continue to compound themselves. I mean, I hope for his health sake that he decide he can he can move on to, to maybe a coaching role or in a yeah. uh, in a uh, an, an executive style role because I mean this is it's just not something you want to see. You don't want to want to turn on the TV and hear in ten years that. 43, 45-year-old Corey, Corey Crawford has has taken his life, uh, like a lot of these guys have done that, that get prolonged CTE and concussion issues. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. But uh, I think you got some team grades for us. Yeah, Ds across the board. And one thing I yeah. do want to talk about before we move on is Malcolm Subban. You know, it, was, it was with them now. How do you think his future is going to go? Do you think that he might take over uh, Crawford's spot? Well, I mean, I think that I think that based on our conversation, he's going to have to at, at least a little bit. I mean, Malcolm Subban is not a bad hockey player. He's just not a great one. Yeah, um, he's still young. He still has plenty of opportunity. Uh, the United Center is a is a fun place to play, and good or bad, Blackhawks fans are usually pretty rampant about Blackhawk hockey. So that always bodes well. I mean, Robin Leonard wanted to stick around, and I mean no immediate rebuild in the future type of deal. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Malcolm Subban could could provide some good opportunity, be provided some good opportunities there with with some some leash that you get, the the, the leash that you get yeah. with Patrick Kane playing hockey on your on your side. And you know Nashville fans will love playing against a Subban. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> obviously, um Malcolm, we don't always get to see him even when he does come to town due to the fact that he's a goalie. So, uh so Maybe we'll get to see him a little bit more yeah. in that old, that old gross red. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about a team in one of our favorite cities? Oh, old Minneapolis Wild. I, <laughs> I was like, is there, a, is there a hockey team in New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, players over 7 million. I got Jared Spurgeon over 7 mil for uh, another seven years. Not horrible, but I don't think over 7 million worth of, worth of hockey play. Uh, Ryan Suter for another five years. I mean, seems ageless. Uh, he he's not say as big of an offensive potentially potentially big weapon like he used to be. But I mean, defensively, it's hard to argue with what with what that man does. Um, on the uh on the backside, uh, Zach Parise still has five years left on his contract, yeah. and it's a big contract. And so he makes little stretches. I mean, he's still a he's still a I I don't want to I I don't think I've ever classed Parise as a superstar, but maybe that that middling tier right there before superstardom. Yeah. He was a great player, great hockey player. He j- he'll show it in spurts, but it's just not a consistent. I can pay eight million dollars a year for this, you yeah. know. I mean, it's just really hard. Uh, and for another five years, that's a big contract that you got to. Fa- I mean, they were obviously trying to move him this year and unable to get that done. And I mean, it was just a. It seemed like a lack of. It was like apathy on the GM's part. But salary cap, not great, but not bad. 2.97 mil. Draft capital's okay. They were sellers, and then we're on a potential pace to make the playoffs and two first round picks a second round pick no third rounds and then one and four through seven what was good surging right at the end of the year i mean kevin fiala was on yeah he had he had 53 points i mean i don't know that if you took the last three years that kevin fiala played with us we could have totaled him at 53 <laughs> points or at least it didn't feel that way with the way he was playing but he was playing 
Good hockey, yeah. man. He looked. Good he hockey. was looking like an elite player. He was looking like every single one of his goals were just pretty. He when he was looking like he was looking like the the prospect that we thought we had. Yeah, I mean, and obviously you never know with prospects. They're young. They're still developing. They're still coming into their own as as hockey players. And that's always a risk you run uh, by trading. Now, it's not that I dislike Granlund. Uh, I mean, obviously, that was that was a, a good move at the time for us. But, man, I sure would love to have old 22 crying on, crying on our side instead of crying <laughs> on the other side. Uh, obviously, I just said, Sellers were still on pace for the playoffs. Bad is going to be, obviously, what we talked about earlier. Long, long contracts. Um it's just, I mean, it's hard to get out from under when you yeah. can't when you can't bring in the pieces you need to win a championship when you're paying the pieces that maybe not those specific pieces. So yeah. I think we went team a B because they were surging after the after the firing and they were sellers and they were still surging. Uh, we had originally had uh, I think C plus on their grade and I just switched that to a C. I don't know how you feel about it, but not getting uh, I'm good with that. Not getting that move done for Zach Parise. I mean that's a that's a failure. Yeah. If if there was some at least some potential interest, even yeah. if it's we're gonna pay for half of his contract the rest of the you, season, you gotta unload that contract. Yeah. And I mean now now it's gonna be at the trade deadline is when you got guys by the short ones. You know, I mean that's when I need I need a left winger to fill out this specific line, or I have this idea. Beginning of the season, everybody's a Stanley Cup champion. You know, everybody yeah. feels like they have a have a real shot to win, or at least most of the teams do. Maybe not Detroit. Maybe not Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. Dylan Larkin is a uh, is a hell of a hockey player. He may believe he can take them. <laughs> um, so we got a, the GM at, at a C. Yeah. So that will that complete our part one of the GM grades for the Central Division. Yep. And we'll go into part two next week. All right, so now before we move on, the other day we did our first live stream for round one of the NFL Draft. You yep. can check to find that on our Facebook page or on YouTube. Check I suggest out. YouTube and yeah. hit subscribe and hit that bell. But we're going to talk a little bit about the winners and losers of the uh, full seven-round draft. I liked the draft. It, you know, it Me was, too. You know, I, I think that they built up this hype that there was going to be a lot of issues with the internet yeah. i think they kind of knew it's what they 20, were doing it's 2020 they, yeah. dude like I, think, I mean yeah uh we had a few issues for our, our zoom live stream about the first round but again we are two regular guys that are just on our laptops we didn't have it professionals come and yeah. set up and route everything and <laughs> you know and so uh obviously as we talked about there were some doper uh doper draft spots than others yeah, um, freaking Bruce Arians, dude. He just looks like he's straight up at a retirement community, <laughs> just on the back credenza. You know, <laughs> he's watching golfers golf in front of him, dude. Uh, Bill Belichick had like two twenty-inch TVs or something. My wife saw him. She was like, she was like, oh, he looks like he lives a modest. Life. I'm like, well, he's at his second vacation house in Nantucket. Yeah, so and maybe plus, not super modest. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, so some initial some initial viewpoints. I mean, there I didn't I didn't suspect to be a lot of issues, especially. When I can just pick up the phone, I'm I'm the GM. I'm having problems. I can pick up the phone and call the head coach, and they can make the pick. They had policies where three or four different guys could be designate, designated yeah. to call in to make the pick. Uh, obviously, it's great to plan for potential issues that may be had. Yeah. So let's talk some winners. Dolphins to me were the big winners in this draft. Yeah. But with eleven picks, it's hard not to be. Yeah. I mean, they messed up on one. I think. 
their uh, with the Austin Jackson pick. You don't like him as much. I mean, I think that for where they got him, I mean, I agree they probably could have gone and got to Isaiah Wilson that that the Titans got and would have been a better pick. But I mean, Austin Jackson is he could be he could be Isaiah Wilson given the given the right opportunity. But I agree it was probably a little early and there was some ta- better tackles on the board. Honestly, I think well, I think they should have gone Ezra Cleveland. I think Ezra Cleveland went way too late in the draft. Yeah. I think he is a great player that should have been taken. The Vikings are big, big winners. Justin too. Jefferson was a great pick. Big, big winners to to replace that that Stefan Diggs role, getting Justin Jefferson in the first. Had fifteen picks, six offensive, nine defensive. They filled a lot of a lot of roles. I liked their draft a, a lot oh, yeah. uh, for what they're able to for what they want to do and for what they're able to do. I, I really enjoyed the Vikings draft. Uh the Colts draft. What a great what a great steal for I mean, obviously they have a running back, but in this league you can't have enough talented, talented running backs. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor at pick forty one. Michael Pittman, a few picks before that. I mean, they've got some weapons to add in. And that, I mean, that was that was a problem they had. Depth at wide receiver. Can Paris Campbell come in in his second year and be a, a burner and provide some some good options for the team? Absolutely. Did they need a big X or Z or Y style receiver to get on line up on the other side of T Y Hilton. Absolutely. And I feel like Michael Pittman from USC is big bodied enough to be a, to be a, a really good pick for them there. Yeah. I think that the Colts for the offensive side of the ball in, uh, increased their value the most. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously bringing Phillip rivers in yeah. and then being able to get Jacob Eason in the fifth round, uh, I believe it was the fifth round. Let me verify myself. I think that not this season, but the 21-22 season, the Colts are going to win the AFC South by a landslide. Not a not a not a bad not a bad call for sure. I mean, that is most certainly possible. They, all, I'm sorry, fourth round for Jacob Eason. But I mean, we're talking about a guy that was potentially going in second round. I mean, quarterbacks that happens for us. nobody takes them. I mean, it's just you know who's kind of kind of planning on maybe taking a quarterback. Uh, but to have him grow behind a guy like Phillip Rivers, um, I think that's a great opportunity for him. Um, and then we have two more teams that we are going to classify as winners. I'll let you do this next one since you've been really big on them and you were big on their pick. Yeah, and I'll do the the other one because Panthers, was man, and uh, they had you know that Derek Brown pick was great. Filled out that offense or defensive line, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, Gross Matos <laughs> as well as uh, Derek Brown. Man, I'm not. Yeah, taking that Derek Brown was, I think, the second, like I said in our live stream, the second best pick in the draft. He is a monster. I think he was yeah. the best defensive tackle on the board. He'll be a force for a long time in yeah, this league. I watched him for I watched him about ten to 13, twelve games this year, and so it was it was an absolute pleasure watching him play football. It is amazing to me that that man is a defensive tackle. And not a defensive end with the way he moves, and yeah. he is just able to. He slide is going to run laps out. around guards this year, man. I uh, I I agree with that. I am I'm nervous if I'm Drew Brees and Tom Brady at this point in time. Yeah. Even with even with getting a new, uh, I mean, because Gross Matos is not is no slouch either. He was, I mean, you know, probably a couple picks from being, you know, a a high a higher round draft pick the first, you know. Uh, but a team that I like, and even though they only had six picks. The Cardinals. I've kind of talked about it in the live stream because I love Isaiah Simmons and I love what he does there, especially for. And I know I mentioned it on the live stream, but for those of the those of the, of the folks that haven't watched, Arizona was 
horrendous against tight ends last year. Horrendous. Like you could, especially fantasy football, you could play any tight end that you wanted against them. I mean, the first week they made TJ Hawkinson look like he was going to be the superstar that I think he still potentially can be, you know? And so they needed something to, to be able to curb off that. And I know you think that he's a, he's undersized and I agree that he is, but, uh, but I mean, you don't necessarily need to be the biggest guy out there. It's not just about his size. It's about his physicality. I watched some of his tape and I don't think he's physical. I mean, sure. uh, As a safety, as a safe, if they move him to safety, maybe to corner, which a lot of times happens when these guys go pro. They realize you're not built for this. This is a different game than college. Yeah, but this is a different game, but exactly, because there's 10 other guys that make it a different game. Sometimes all you need is that middle linebacker that's smart to be able to recognize where something's happening. And if I can get a if I can get a, a grab on this guy and my my big defensive linemen can or cornerbacks can close in, Sometimes that's all you need. And not that, not, I mean, nobody's going to just stop George Kittle. I'm not saying that they will. But lack of physicality is not going to be the reason that he can't stop George Kittle. You know, yeah. he's going to, he's going to, I mean, he may not be able to tackle him after he catches it. But if you're able to, to provide some, ac- some, some decent coverage against him, then, then he may not ha- have an opportunity to catch that ball. Yeah. So. And listen, he might just end up picking off all the tight ends and not even having to tackle them. Absolutely. And yeah. if it comes down to that, great. And if he's and then, like I said, if he's got, got the speed of a safety, he can take that thing back. Then he's not having to worry about beating yeah. the other receivers. I, I, he's I, got to beat the linemen. I see where I see where your your reservations can be. But I feel like it's such a position that you only get one or two of these each year in the yeah. draft that are, are viable middle inside linebackers, depending on what style of a defense you run. But also, I, I definitely wanted to bring up the fact, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more in, in the uh, draft steal section, but getting Josh Jones in the third, that's a great get. Because, I mean, we thought that they were going to take a tackle early instead of Isaiah Simmons, and then they took Simmons and they didn't have a second-round pick. And we're still able to get one of the top dra- tackles in the draft to be able to bring in and hopefully uh, be able to protect uh, Kyler Murray. Obviously, uh, like I said, they only had six picks, two of them offense, four of them defense. But their their big get was obviously DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they have they have shored up that offense. Whether they drafted Ceedee Lamb or Jerry Judy or whoever, I don't feel. I feel like DeAndre Hopkins and Kristen, Christian Kirk with. Larry Fitzgerald in the slot. That's a dangerous core that it would have almost been overkill to bring CeeDee Lamb in with yeah. when they have a couple of guys that, I mean, Andy Isabella was an early round draft pick last year, uh, but they have some, some have some opportunities. Been Kenyon Drake back there. So I just, I personally think that they had a really good draft and they've done, had a really good off season. So I'll be interested, interested to see what they will be able to do. Yeah. So let's talk about some losers now. And, you know, this is not first up, but for me, probably one of the worst drafts in total in the history of of the NFL. And that's the Packers. Yeah. The Packers, you know, you heard me say after the first round, they had a horrible first round. Yeah. It only got worse, people. Yeah, it really they, did. They needed one thing more than anything this draft, and that is a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. They needed a receiver. <laughs> and listen. I talked about how much I hated the Jordan Love pick, yeah. and and I talked and, about that. I talked about it not being a great pick. And here's the thing, though, being the worst, I would have understood if you if you want to get Jordan Love and stash him, and then but also give Aaron Rodgers some re- some receivers, some weapons for now. Fine, but they didn't do yeah. that. You're right, right. They they really, <laughs> I, I really, I, I obviously I didn't agree with the pick, and we t- discussed that on the live stream. And I and I came at you and said, hey, I hear what you're saying, but what if it is the guy? 
And you know, and then they really, really, really screwed me yeah. on that second round pick. <laughs> AJ Dillon could be look, the the point is it doesn't matter if he could be a great running back. You have a you have a decent running back in Jamal Williams and you have a great running back in Aaron Jones. Yeah. What you only have is one great weapon for your quarterback that's getting older and is a more safe style of playing as plays football safer. Um, so I, I think that that pick followed up in the second round. AJ Dillon made their first pick way worse than it, than it was. I mean, yeah. I can understand going up to get your guy for quarterback, but then you got to address some need. Yeah. AJ Dillon is if not I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm walking in the next day. I'm like, fine, you don't want to give me any weapons and you want to go ahead and draft my replacement. Trade me. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm demanding a trade tomorrow. Well, obviously we know where this road leads. He will be going to play quarterback for the Vikings, and then he will be going to play quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> uh, and obviously, Jordan Love is going to be dominant. <laughs> yeah, and listen, if that's the case, no, so be but, it. But, I mean, yeah. well, we talked about why I think Jordan Love can be has a good opportunity, but only if he gets to sit a couple years. I don't think Jordan Love is a come-in-and-play-quarterback-in-the-NFL-now yeah. type of guy, and especially not a come-in-and-play-quarterback-now type of guy at Green Bay. Yeah, imagine how what it would do if Aaron Rodgers decided to leave that organization. It would decimate them for years yeah agreed saints poor draft only four picks yeah. i mean they got a good deal on the on zach braun the linebacker uh, in the third round but three offense one defense i feel like that was a team that had a lot more than four holes that they needed plugged obviously things are masked a whole lot when you got michael thomas and drew Brees and alvin Kamara. And so maybe I'm being nitpicky, uh, but I mean, you only have four picks to make the right decisions. And I just feel like they, they didn't really come through with what they needed in my personal opinion, man. Yeah. So, so the saints were, were losers for me. The Raiders were also losers for me uh, for a team with seven picks and uh, some first round capital. We just talked about it, but I feel like they reached on rugs, man. I feel yeah. like, I feel like you, I feel like you could have traded down and got rugs. I mean, Jerry Judy was the, guy you needed on your team i mean the raiders needed a big bodied physical go up and get the football kind of guy i don't feel like they needed a burner because they have a they have a possession style receiver with hunter renfro and a great tight end and darren darren waller i feel like henry ruggs just didn't fit for what what uh, i thought that they should be going for now i've won z exactly zero super bowls and <laughs> You know, John Gruden has won a Super Bowl and has a ten-year contract. So, I'm not saying I'm I'm completely right. I just felt like it was a reach, but I definitely feel like Arnett, Damon Arnett, uh, with the, another first-round pick way early, picked him at 19. I feel like there were still better cornerbacks on the board. Like I feel like I like Christian Fulton better than Damon Arnett, and he didn't go until the until the late second round of the Titans. You know, four offense, three defense. We'll see what old uh, Chucky can can put in play. Uh, but I think we got one more loser that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, the uh, the Bears. Seven picks. They took a tight end in the second, which that's their first pick. Too. Baffles me, man. Unless yeah. the, unless you think this guy is going to be the next Gronk. Which even then, I mean, there were so many more needs than a tight yeah. end. Um, you know, I, I I didn't agree with it either. I did, I thought it was a bad pick. Is this still Trubisky starting there? Trubisky, but remember they just got Nick Foles, uh, oh, so yeah. they want Trubisky to be the starter. But Nick Foles has a good opportunity. They're both backup worthy. I like I told you, Nick Foles. I feel like can can run the game management style of offense that you can win football games with. 
Uh, I mean, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get some playmakers around there. I mean, Anthony Miller has a chance to be a superstar. Allen Robinson is a great, yeah. is a great football player. David Montgomery didn't really give us, show us what we wanted to see last year, but I mean, he was a rookie, still opportunity, a lot, a lot of opportunity yeah. there. Uh, so just to fill that in with, I mean, you don't have any offensive line needs. You don't got any cornerback needs. You don't got, you don't got anything. I mean, look, tight end is uh when you got a great tight end, you got a, you got a great option. But there's plenty of teams that are successful without yeah, it shouldn't a be a necessity. That end. should be more of like an yeah. accessory. Yeah, you you should be going for. I mean, look, T.J. Hawkinson, a number eight pick. I mean, tight ends are slow to move in the league. That could be he could be a superstar, yeah. which is why you risk a number eight pick on him. But if your first pick is coming in and you're taking a tight end in the second round, I mean that that means nobody else. Almost twice, nobody else saw <laughs> saw this guy as a as a superstar or have that superstar potential. So unless uh, I just don't know a lot about the specific tight end, and he is uh, Cole Komet, right? Uh, and he's a big blocker, or he's a good cast, pass catcher, or he runs a similar system that they've run. I just I just didn't understand it either, buddy. Yeah. So now let's move into some of our uh, of the biggest steals in the draft. Grant Delpit, the safety uh, from I think LSU. Grant Delpit, second round, forty four overall. I mean, he was he had a a really early grade on him, and cannot believe he fell so far. Uh, but I mean, Xavier McKinney, who we talked about in the live stream, fell fell pretty far. Um, well, he didn't fall pretty far, but he was early in the uh, early in the second. Uh, so Grant Delpit for the Browns, that is going to be a great great pick. Uh, and uh, obviously the next person that we're going to talk about, uh, Christian Fulton for the Titans, the cornerback uh, from LSU as well. 61st overall second round for a what could be a potentially great, great cornerback in this league. I mean, he's seen he seen Alabama. He's seen Georgia. He's seen, I mean, he's seen tons of, of great talent and uh, offenses is probably going to translate well into the NFL. So uh, Christian Fulton for the Titans second round, 61st first overall so yeah and then we got uh denzel mims from baylor uh went to the jets i believe that's correct yes in second round 59th overall uh, i mean he'll be a starter soon coming in i think yeah. first to second year he'll be a starter well, there in new Robbie york Robbie anderson's out you know he's that he's down there in carolina so yeah he's um, not the uh not the biggest receiver 63207 big body that's a big yeah. body for he's a he's uh 40, not great. A 4.3, a 4.340, not great for a receiver. He's a big possession style receiver. He's going to fit with, as the as our friends over at the Fantasy Footballers call him, Mr. But, uh, Mr. Butthole, or Mr. B-hole, I'm so sorry, uh, Adam Gaze, for not wanting to advance the ball or do a lot of plays or score a lot of points. Uh, he's going to be perfect in, in Adam Gaze's system, and Sam Darnold needed a, a big big body possession style receiver like that, so agree, good pick. Obviously, we talked about him earlier with the cards, but 72nd overall in the third round, Josh Jones from Houston. Uh, obviously not the biggest school on the block, especially not even the biggest school in, in in his state. But I mean, Houston showed a whole lot this past season. Big body, you get a good coach. You know, a guy that has good fundamentals, he can. I think he can protect Kyler Murray's blind side. So I uh, and I mean, I know that uh, Kingsbury's hoping that he can. <laughs> that is a that was a draft steal to me. Brandley Anay is Brad, that Bradley Bradley. 
Oh, Bradley and Nay. Yeah. I just took my glasses. Maybe I should put my glasses back on. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was uh, the Cowboys' fifth-round pick. Yeah, so he went uh, 179 overall. I don't have his stats up on the uh, screen right now. He had like a third-round grade, though, man. I mean, he was uh, he was up there. So, was he? So whether he pans out or not, I mean, a fifth-round pick for, uh, for a potential defensive end that you need but they also i mean the cowboys were able to add trayvon diggs so and so this next one who i actually think this is probably the in my opinion the biggest deal this guy is going to be mark my words one of the best fantasy players in the next several years and he'll be a what but he'll probably be a 103 in a couple of years deandre swift great yeah. stats for a running back he's great for fantasy he i think he's gonna be a red zone back you know he's gonna uh, some scalvage some touchdowns from people. I think that I think he's gonna be more of the workhorse, and carry on is gonna get a lot of those goal line third down. I, th- I mean I think that's his problem. I mean carry on Johnson came into the league indicating he didn't want to be a workhorse running back. He wanted to be a part of a RBBC. I think during the trans. I think during his rookie year it'll it, that'll play a part. But I think once he gets a foothold in, he'll be the go-to back and the premier back for that team. I think it depends on how it works. I mean, you can yeah. go into two running back sets. Yes, he has the skill set to be a dominant running back in this league. But most teams don't want to go that direction. If you get a guy that's dominant, what's going to happen is he's going to, if you allow him to dominate, he's going to have, he's going to command and rightfully so a big contract. So if you're able to have two great running backs that you can interchange, it's really hard for someone to argue with you when they had 750 rushing yards and 45 catches for 600 yards it's hard for them to argue that they are worth $12 million, even if they may be on the open market. So I'd be interested to see how they use them. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that a dominant running back is invaluable. You, you can always, if you're a smart football coach, you can always find a use for them yeah. or, and, and get them implemented. So obviously following that same that same note, Jonathan Taylor, uh, number four, forty-one overall for yeah. the Colts. I'm, um, I was, th- we were thinking about that as a potential Titans pick. I'm nervous about about having to see Marlon Mack hey, and Jonathan Taylor. That's what uh, I'm saying. I think the Colts became a dangerous offense. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because, I mean, my understanding is Jonathan Taylor is not a big receiving back, but neither is Marlon yeah. Mack. They still have Naeem Hines. Is Naeem Hines going to get a lot of that third down work? It seems like a wasted pick if if that's the case. Um, I'm nervous about it, man. The Colts are like you said. I mean, it may not be this year, but uh, but they're in the in the realm of possibility. We got a we bought a. Uh, I guess we didn't buy, but the Titans bought themselves a few years when they convinced Andrew Luck to retire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, because they were on pace to be. Yeah. A perennial, a perennial AFC South winner, uh, like Peyton was, and I mean, it was a long, it was a long eighteen years of Peyton Manning playing football <laughs> against us, man. I mean, when you when you get excited on a season that you're doing nothing and you're not going to go anywhere, and you're excited by beating the Colts by three points in a regular season game because you haven't done it in twelve years. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just it was it was one of those things that. We'd give him give him a good game. Fourth quarter would roll around. They'd score three touchdowns, and we'd look like freaking idiots. So it could be that again soon, man. I mean, yeah. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I mean, Jacob Eason could could come into his own. But all right, so let's move on to outside the NHL. And it's time for joke of the week. 
you, you keep <laughs> you keep you keep bringing stupid stupid products into the uh, into the realm. So I decided I'm going to bring a stupid product into the realm. <laughs> uh, it is it is called Twinkle Tush. Okay, and so what it is, Bobby, is it is a stylish butthole medallion for your cat. Basically, it has a little string. You put it over their tail. And it's like a little like jewel, like basically like when you are a little kid and you get 50 cents and you put your money in the machine and twist it and you get like a stupid looking fake blue ring. It looks exactly like that, but it's in a circle over your cat's butthole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the best part about it is, Bobby, for only five ninety nine, you can constantly have to explain to your friends and family members that no, 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 your cat is not wearing a butt plug. <laughs> it's just a stylish butthole medallion, mom. Don't be so worried. I'm not free. I'm not a freak enough to put a butt plug in my cat. As if, as if the stylish butthole medallion in itself is not, uh, not something to discuss. So, <laughs> I think you watched the little video here. Yeah, man. and I don't know. Uh, I think for copyright, we can't play it on air, but we might do a reaction video on YouTube. But yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. It's it's real, real bad. Like, is it a huge enough problem that pe- if, if look if looking at if looking at your cat's butthole is a huge problem that you're having in life? I just feel like there's like, other ways. Yeah, maybe a cat's not for you. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, cuz that cat's going to show you its butthole, dude. Yeah. No, you know, I'm not trying to be uh rude or vulgar, but cats put their tail in the air and yeah. under their tail is a butthole. So <laughs> <laughs> So what a joke. Like the pure fact like they got a full website. I mean, this is have you ever look look have you ever thrown a respectable cocktail party at your home only to have your feline family member come out and proudly display their uncovered rear while kitty might not enjoy might enjoy showing off their brown eye we're sure your guests don't like to see that one-eyed monster while munching their caviar <laughs> give your cat some class hang twinkle twinkle tush from their tail and cover that butt in bling so so there's been a lot of of assumptions made through this process we're assuming that this person has no doors in their house to where they can close their cat up somewhere and we're also assuming that this specific person that's going to pay 5.99 for a butthole medallion is serving caviar to their guests <laughs> something tells me that the guy that buys the the guy or girl that buys the twinkle tush Probably not serving caviar at their house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually on their website, dude. There's more. There's. I'm not even gonna read it all, but go look it up, everybody. Twinkletush.com. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Hopefully one day, dude. <laughs> you have anything to say about this, man? Uh, it what is a joke. I watched the video and multiple <laughs> times. I was like, this can't get any worse. Up. Oh. It got worse. <laughs> and at first, my initial thought was was just what you said, was what they were saying. And I was like, why do they put a butt plug in their cat? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but, I, I, but honestly, I get why they, that's a selling point. Because I was like, oh, well, at least it's not a butt plug. And oh, it somehow made it better. It I made the product so, better. I'm so sorry. I do need to disclose for you. In case you didn't realize it already, Twinkle Tush is a gag gift. I guess you got to put it in your mouth before you slide it on their <laughs> tail or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, 
Good. I'm glad it's a gag gift, but like, unfortunately, there's probably people that have bought it ungaggly. And so, yeah. like, the creator, the guy that's making money off this is not the is not the joke here. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, if you can make money off a cat butthole medallion, make your money, bro. The joke is the people that actually buy it and utilize the cat hole butthole medallion. Cat yeah, butthole. You know medallion. he had to add that in case you didn't realize it already. Tinkle is a gag gift. Well after people were putting on already, their cats and complaining. Well, no, no, no. I would imagine it, it was well after they're putting it on or they're trying to put it on their cats and their cats tried to kill them. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a cat and you're trying to put something over my tail on my butthole, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, look, that's obviously so. I would imagine there's been lots of scratches in, in the <laughs> attempt. So, so good for you, bro. Get your cheddar. But, uh, but what a joke that yeah. you're able. What to, you're a able, joke. You're, you're, unless you're losing massive money, this is a joke that you're able to fund this. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, so let's move on. Uh, in the coming weeks, we will be doing a uh, X Men series, much like we did with Marvel. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We're trying to figure out the best way to watch X Men. Not as yeah, easily accessible. Not as accessible. So I think we're just gonna pull the trigger and probably just. I'm thinking I'm just gonna buy the movies on Amazon. I mean, they're not expensive anymore. Yeah, I might rent the most recent one, Dark there's, Phoenix. Well, because there's twelve in in total, because it includes both Deadpool's in the X Men world. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. But when you look at the timeline of how to, so with this one, you just want to watch it in release order and then a Deadpool at the end. I'm a I'm a all or nothing kind of guy, and you know that about me, Bobby. I'm still upset that I haven't seen either Spider Man or Homecoming or Far From Home. So. I haven't seen. I need to see Far From Home. I might I, do that here soon. I might do that tonight or something. Um. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. So maybe not next week, but maybe in the coming weeks. Yeah. We'll I think get next that, week we'll. I think what we'll do is we'll sit down, watch them all, then talk about them for two episodes. So. Also, we might see, need some time to watch them. Also, obviously, this is sports related and not outside in, in the pop culture realm, but we are getting getting uh, gonna be watching the last dance. Yes, yeah. I've seen episode one. I know that we wanted to save and talk about about four episodes at a yeah, time. I haven't even seen episode one yet. I'm going to. Oh gosh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, like I watched it real early in the morning before Stephanie got up, and dude, you know, like I mean, obviously the. Bulls intro intro music always gets you, but like, dude, like, I mean, it just you know, you just feel it, you just feel it watching it. So, yeah, um, as a guy that grew up, um, uh, not able to be necessarily old enough to appreciate it as much as I'd like, uh, Michael Jordan, but a guy that appreciates sports and history and remembering being there and hearing about him and watching him beat the Jazz and the uh, Carl Malone, the mailman, and John yeah. Stockton, and just, I mean. Just so crazy. It was so funny that, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon went first in that draft. And, like, obviously that's the obvious choice at that time. And then he goes as a as a kid and just dominates the Olympics. And, like, the you know, the, the Bulls were like, we were pretty lucky. Because if we would actually, <laughs> like, if we would have had pick one, we would have taken Olajuwon too. As everybody would have. Yeah. It wasn't a, wasn't a question. So, interesting to at least very, very much watch the first episode. So, yeah. I'm excited to talk about that too. So let's move into questions from the internet. We've got two more for you today. The first one is, what's worse, people who run marathons or polar plunge people? Marathons for sure, because yeah. there's like a lot more opportunities to run a marathon. Yeah. Po polar plunge is very specified into a specific time. And like, it's also pretty impressive because you could literally die from hypothermia. Yeah. <laughs> With marathons, it's like, cool, you just ran It's a like, bunch. look, we could like, look. I also could spend six hours of my life running this pace, uh, running this 
Well, I mean, it's a lot more than six hours because to be able to train for the marathon, it's like a whole lot of your life. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, it would just be like it's. I mean, and people that run marathon, my favorite. My favorite is the is the twenty six point twos that people put on the back of their car. Like that's super dope, man. Like, but I just don't get that. Like, if you want to put like the specific marathon you run, like Boston Marathon or you know like yeah. Nashville you know, Music City Marathon, that's cool to me. But just throwing it up there, twenty six point two, bro. I always loved the zero point zeros. That was my favorite. Uh, anytime anybody asked me, they're like, "Hey, you want to do this five k?" I'm like, "How about this?" You do the 5K, I'll wait at the end, and I'll have already had like three beers by the time you're yeah. done. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're in agreement with that one. Yeah, Polar Plunge people are much more acceptable to me. Yeah, like, and they're, like, they're not even bad. Like, I'm cool yeah. with Polar Plunge people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, impressive. Here's the next one. Wait, what? hold on. There was a percentage oh, of what yeah, people sorry. chose. Uh, from uh, readers and uh, people on the internet, 68% chose marathoners. That were more annoying. Yes. Okay. We so, are with the people. Yeah. So here's the next one. Would you rather A, watch your dad fuck a hundred year old man or B, watch your mother kill someone? This to me, this is an easy one. Yeah. I'd definitely watch, rather watch my mom kill someone. Yeah. Not a question, dude. Mom, if you're listening, holla, bur- call me on a burner though. And set, and so and let me get a burner too. Like there's a, like here's the thing that works for a lot of things, not just something as crazy as watching my dad fucking one hundred year old man. Would I rather watch my mom kill someone than sit in traffic for twenty minutes? Yeah, I'd rather watch my mom kill someone than sit in traffic for twenty minutes. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> like, look, it's my mom. Like I'm not ratting her out. Well, first of all, I'm not ratting her out. But like, if, if she's decided, maybe not. Maybe sometime. It depends on. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends on the situation. I mean, obviously, the answer is always watch my mom kill someone. Uh, because yeah, I mean, yeah, like you well, said, eighty-five percent of people agreed with us. Mom, I got your back, but make sure you call me from a burner. Don't take your cell phone out of the house with you. Leave it at the house, okay? That's the big rule of murder. Don't Facebook see. it either. Don't check in. Please don't site. check in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dump site knit selfie with the du- mom. You're really gonna screw us because I've basically admitted that I would most certainly be an accessory to your crimes at this point. So pretty easy. All right, so let's roll into this or that. Um, okay, so all traffic li- all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again. That is a easy one. Easy for me. one for me too. Never stand in line again. Never stand in line. I stand in lots of lines. I being hate a sports lines. fan. Being a sports fan, you just naturally have yes. to stand in line. But being a podcast fan, red lights are fine. Red lights are fine. Yeah, I will you know that's when I do most of my podcasting is between yeah. red lights. Imagine, <laughs> imagine going to that Winter Classic but never having to stand in a line, man. Yeah. How great that would have been. Yeah, and I mean, like situationally, like it's much more valuable. Like you don't have to leave a minute before a hockey period ends to go to the to go to the bathroom. You can just get up and go. You just like Moses part people, dude, <laughs> yeah. and you're just like out. Yeah, I mean, that's a super like I can see where like if you spend a majority of your life driving, like if I was a freaking truck driver or delivery driver and like that was like my mainstay of income i would be very tempted by the green and here's the thing though i usually don't get caught up at traffic lights i usually get caught up at crash sites and guess what those are lines yeah so that's not it so you're getting through that because you're not waiting in that line technically it's a line of cars though so i don't know how it would but there's no traffic light that's true and yeah and see well mostly my most of my travel is is on the interstate where there is no traffic yeah. light. So having the automatic green is not helping me. So, yeah. 
So yeah, so I, as usual, we decide what will help us specifically uh, the most, and it's got to be never standing in line, dude. We're here in Nashville, and I live in Shelbyville. I have two lights. Two lights I have between my house and there because I get off on uh, 24, 65 to 24, and then I go through Murfreesboro real quick, and I get one light and then one light before, before I hit my house. So I have two lights. Yeah, so I mean, that's uh, that's a super easy decision. Now, I'm really wondering about like the physics of it, though. Do people just move for you? Or like when you're going somewhere, people move out of the line, which would be super dope if like you're just like in line to get a beer and everybody's like, hey, we're out of line now. And then you move up to the front and then they all <laughs> shift back into line. I'm just really interested. Of the I magic. think you just get like a card and everyone understands that card. And you're like, hey, right here. Oh, that's the no line guy. That's yeah. what people will say about us. That's the one guy. <laughs> okay. Um, so, perpetual water balloon fight in your city or a perpetual food fight? I really think that your answer is going to be based off your position in life. Uh, yeah. I mean. Like, if you're homeless, like, a food fight all the time <laughs> is, like, a dope thing, dude. Yeah. I'm going to say water balloon fight mainly yeah. because... It's going to start stanking after a bit, man. Yeah, I would imagine there's some sort of semi-cleanup type of deal. But, like, yeah, but even so, like, it, it it's not only, like, a lot of cleanup or stink, but, like, it's just, like, so much to deal with. Like, getting hit in the shirt with a water balloon is, like, a lot different yeah, than getting, getting hit in the smacked shirt with in the pie. Fa- or getting smacked in the face with a salmon. Like, that would just suck. Yeah, it was just, like, all that. Like, again, like, it really is going to be dependent on your your feeling of of where you are in life like if you have plenty of food and you know and a place to go home to no problem bro i'm just gonna buy myself a (laughs) waterproof backpack and put a bunch of clothes in there and these are my water fighting clothes dude and like besides the fact that you're having a bad day dude i'm just gonna go and throw a bunch of water balloons at people all day and like it would just immediately make your... Now, it could also go the opposite. You're having a bad day and you walk outside <laughs> get smacked in the face, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> Or, if you don't know what to eat that night, go outside with a net, with the, with the food fight, with and the start food catching fight. things, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, See what I, you guess, got. I guess I don't know if it's just like perpetually like people are like hanging outside their house, though, to ready to food fight. Like I just feel like it's more when you're in public. Like if I'm going to check the mail, like my neighbor runs out and like... Yeah, hits it, me with. Like, I think some it's peas. whenever you see another person, it, they are. You got to fight, like it's yeah, all, like an on-site type of deal. I think it's yeah. I think it's like a, a Call of Duty Warzone kind of thing where okay. it's like last minute battle like, royale. Yeah, like, you see somebody with clean clothes, you're you're messing them up. Now I'm guessing we're limiting this to outside. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We got to. Can't have people breaking in to start throwing food at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be dope, obviously. But does it reset every day? So every day, are you waking up and you got to wake up before Stephanie to nail her with a water balloon? Well, I, f- I feel like we're a team, right? Like your household is your specific until, war team. until it's just the two of you, and then it's every man. For well, himself. I don't think it's it's not dodgeball, Bobby. You're not <laughs> out after you get hit by a water balloon or you know food fight. I think it's just a constant fight. Like a water balloon fight means we're just fighting with water balloons constantly. Now, if you were trying to like step it up, like we did water wars in high school, and like in that instance, you got hit with the water balloon, you had to go to jail or something. So, but this just makes it seem like it's just a large scale fight. Yeah. Like you can just hit anybody with it. Yeah. So uh, I'm water. Water balloon fight, no question. I would hate to have. Uh, you know how I hate being like sticky. Yeah. And so like I would be constantly sticky, and I'd have to constantly like wipe myself, and I, sh- I would just get nothing done. Um. So. Water balloon fight all the way. I guess I didn't know it was going to be so easy for both of us. 
But all right, so time to move into what are you binging? So why don't you start us off? Um, letting uh, me and Stephanie, I've watched it a bunch of times, but Entourage. Yeah, yeah. Entourage. You know, uh, Michael Scott. Let's, let's <laughs> hug it out. Hug it out, bitch. You know? And because Stephanie's, that was the only reference she'd ever heard of it, she thought Entourage was like a super serious show. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it is not <laughs> at all, at all. Uh, so, Entourage, man. Uh, what about you, show wise? What are you getting Modern into? Family, man. I've been catching up. You know, the, the heard se- it's great. It's a great. I've seen up to like season eight, and so, but the season eleven just ended. It was the final season, the series finale, and I just I stopped watching because I got busy. Yeah. So I got on Amazon. I binge season eight. I'm on season nine now. Awesome. So I got two more seasons to go. I've heard it's really good. I've seen some of it. And Very I'm, what funny. is it? Is it uh, Sophia Vergara? Sophia Vergara oh, and gosh, she's uh, so she's so hot, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, and the guy who played Ed Bundy. Yeah, but there was lots of lots of uh, great actors. And like from what I've I've seen clips, bits and parts of it here. Like I get the essence of the show. Yeah, you know, uh, super funny. Seems like I just never, you know, I'm such a TV show watcher that I've got my got in my mind like usually i'm one of those guys that like bro you gotta watch this like i'm like yeah for sure and then like in my head i'm like i'm never gonna watch yeah. that because i don't care like <laughs> uh but modern family is definitely on that list of things that i'm actually gonna watch it yeah and so i've been drinking some of that mead not the stuff that i made that stuff was garbage i had to throw that out a while ago that but- was that was trash bobby <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was i bad. had it well but i had it after like four beers and like a couple shots so it's fine i mean for the time but it was not great yeah <laughs> But, uh, it, I mean, it got you drunk, though. That shit was strong. Yeah, Bobby, but I, like I just said, I was at four beers and, like, two shots. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I still had some in my fridge and some stuff that I bought from the store. And so, I, it's been in there for a while, so I'll I just started drinking it. I'll tell you what, the, what the, the mead that was great, dude, was from the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Yeah, that bro. shit was so good, dude. That was, like, that was like <sighs> heaven in my mouth. It's so man. refreshing because it was so hot. My binging, we've been, we've been talking a lot of screwball. Uh, the uh, peanut butter whiskey, and I, I did, I did it with some coffee. Like it was early in the morning, I did it with some coffee, bro. I probably paid war, uh, probably poured way too much in there, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't great for an eight thirty cup of coffee that got me ready to go. So the coffee and screwball was dope. So yeah, so that'll move us into what snaps your stick. Um, obviously, I've stolen a little bit of your your yeah. snaps your stick. Um. So that was my my sports one was the draft coverage showing all the tragic events in players' lives. When it wasn't just like general tragic events though, Very it was specific. like regular. Yeah, it was like regular stuff. Like his- like we don't want to see that their you know that their mother died or that their brother had an addiction or that they got an education it's- from the University of Alabama. We get it. Their horrible <laughs> things happened in their life. <laughs> God, that was so good. I know that's what you were trying to set up this whole time, bro. That was so perfect. Uh, no, but absolutely, it's not that we it's not that we don't care about that stuff, or we or we don't understand that that's a defining. Part but that's not of their the time people. for it. But this is their this. They have worked for especially the ones that have had home life problems and issues in, the, yeah. in their home life. They've worked so it's been almost, hard. They've worked so probably almost close to two decades. And so they have to do this at their at their home or on their own or wherever, depending on how their situation is is set up. And they don't get to walk across that stage. And they don't get yeah. to actually do They're all the real things that at that draft. Yeah. And so, like, to take that and just to make it the time to let somebody know that uh, – 
draft pick A, his mom was addicted to crack and she he slept he he never slept on a mattress. Like if you want to tell that story, tell that story in a blindside style movie where money comes into it or yeah. or or a, a uh, the what is it? The outside the lines report. Like, yeah, if you want to go through some, or these... talk about it the next day when they're just doing the coverage. Because here's the thing: is... those guys are probably going to record that. A lot of these, you know, think about it. How often do they show pictures of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right. crossing the stage, shaking the hands of Roger Goodell, and holding up the jersey? Yeah. Those guys are not going to have that picture. They're going to have the clip that that ESPN showed. Yeah, and it was it was and it like and I even you know uh, the Titans pick Christian Fulton. I watched the interview with him. And and his grandfather died pretty recently, and they talked to him about it and asked him about it, and, and they probably went a little too far into it. But I feel like if you want to talk to the person about specific struggles yeah. or issues, that's one. But thing. like what they did to T Higgins just, was not okay. But just, I didn't even see what they did. But what did they? It pretty much, I, I, uh, same thing. Same like thing. His mom, his just mom his mom was, was addicted, had a drug addiction, and you know, and, it, I, and it was big here because you know he's a Tennessee boy from Oak Ridge. It's quite, it's quite frankly. Uh, very classless, and not that yeah. we've ever assumed that ESPN has had a bunch of class that they're trying no. to put forth, but it was just such. I mean, there were so many long, awkward pauses because, like, what do you say about that? And yeah. I'm not saying that there's not a time to talk about that stuff, and that it's not important, and that, and that it doesn't define who they are. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's a that's a hurdle to overcome, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about people's struggles or struggles they had. But I'm, but I am saying what you're saying. It's absolutely not the time to let's celebrate this kid. They just they they did something that maybe point zero zero three percent of people that have ever played their sport and had this dream. Look, man. Yeah. So I mean, there's a time and place to talk about this stuff, and ESPN absolutely dropped the ball and used this as an opportunity to put out information that maybe these guys, and maybe they don't care, but maybe they care about this information being out there, especially on the day that it's supposed to be a celebration of them being drafted into the league where, again, not a many, not a big percentage of people that have ever played this sport or get to go and do this. So uh, 100% on point, great, great snaps your stick, man. So why don't you tell us your uh, sports one? Yeah, I mean, just the weird nature of, of pro sports leagues and not like allowing like multiple jerseys, dude. Yeah. Like I just wish like, dude, like I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't care. Like I don't want it to be like Oregon where they're switching complete jerseys and styles and new helmets and new jer- Yeah. But like I mean, if you have five or six jerseys that you want to wear separately, I want to wear this old school jersey. I want to wear th- I just think it's dumb that most leagues don't allow it. Like, oh, one alternate. Like, you can only use this. Or look, man, if it's been, I think my rule, I think my rule of thumb should be: if it's ever been a jersey of yours or an alternate of yours, you can wear it anytime you want. Yeah. You know why not? Why not? I get not having like maybe like eleven new jerseys every year because you don't want fans to have to purchase and buy those. But like, if you change jerseys into a new jersey, one of your biggest fans that doesn't have a lot of money bought this old jersey. Now this jersey is out of date. They're never gonna wear that jersey again for this guy like why can't they why can't they people have bought that i don't know yeah. i just, just no, i agree to man i love there. having uh jersey options speaking of dude san diego's jerseys they are, are solid i mean i've always loved that powder All blue the in options. sports well i like I like the Charger logo, like the lightning bolt that has the blue in it. Yeah. I it was the dark blue. I yeah. thought it was so cool. You know whose new uniforms are absolute trash? Atlanta's. 
I haven't seen that. Oh, it's bad, dude. It's just it's they try to go for that like simplistic look, but it just looks stupid. And you know how I'm a big fan of simplistic, so I will. I'm gonna go in and be the judge of if I hate or love, dude. Mm, I don't like the ATL on the chest. uh, I don't. I don't hate that. I like the all black ones. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can never go wrong with all black. But I just, I mean, the. The red on top and the black. They do look like they're just Georgia uniforms. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They're just... I feel like in NFL, you got a lot more room to play with than I, I say that uh, colleges do. I feel, I feel like colleges are built on tradition and stuff and should be a little more simplistic. But the NFL, like, you're literally a bill. Your, your, your team is literally worth a <laughs> billion dollars, dude. Don't make, yeah. don't make a logo or a, uh, a jersey that I could make on, it a, liter- on a creative Yeah, team. no, it definitely looks like <laughs> they made that in, like, Microsoft Paint. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Or uh, or the, the 2002 Madden with Dante Culpepper on the front. You know, like. <laughs> um okay so my uh my non-sports is is a little more i want to go out front head off any anybody that would be upset about this text talk in professional emails okay i understand that not everybody is going to be perfect at emailing and and contacting people and i understand that there are a lot of people that a lot more than is than is known of people with problems on with dyslexia or or comprehension or you know learning disabilities okay so i want to go ahead and throw that out there i'm talking about the person that can't spell out a complete word you're typing it okay you're 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 typing you're not even texting it. and even nowadays yeah. i disagree look i don't really like like i have lots of you know not lots but i have a few friends that'll shorten things on text I do that a lot. I'm, and you know, it's acceptable because it's a text message. You're texting me. I don't, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not immune to shortening things. But when I can't read your sentences because I have to decipher so much stuff, that's just too much, you know? Yeah. I mean, shortening a few words here and there is is one thing. But doing every single word that you write has to be shortened. It's longer that's got to take you yeah. longer i find there are like for me and i actually caught myself doing this on my work email the other day i had to be like oh i i, I always do it in the same word tomorrow i always do tmr because in texting i do yeah. tmr and i feel like most people get tmr means tomorrow yeah and i was writing something and i said tmr i'm like i can't do that this is a work email well you know me you know me i'm a pretty much i'm gonna type it all out i'm gonna try to put yeah. punctuation i'm not look i'm not a grammar nazi i'm not gonna tell you how to do it but I'm going to usually try to type it out and whether or not I've got the right punctuation and grammar, I've at least attempted it yeah. just because it doesn't, if it doesn't feel like it takes me that much longer to do it. Some words, absolutely. I, I'm a, I'm a, for tomorrow, I'll usually put Tom, you know, like yeah. if I'm talking to you or something, let's do it, Tom or whatever. So I'm not saying don't use this stuff. And I'm yeah. not even saying if it's an informal, uh, I, it's not even an informal email to your coworker and you yeah. just need to I agree with you in a professional setting, though, yeah. I'm talking about when you're reaching out to, let's say, for example, Slink. Like, I had Sling TV, and I had to reach out to them and, and talk to them about something. Like, I would never type that that email that I want them to respond with professionally and courteously, courteously with a bunch of riddled with spell, spelling errors and say, help me. 
and not explain. You know, that yeah. sh- it just wears me out that there there's just a lack of awareness that when you send that message in, that's the only information that person is going to get. Yeah. <laughs> so, so explain yourself, you know, and explain yourself fully and don't make it. Everybody will use different slang words and terms uh, and terminology. So don't use don't make it up for interpretation of what this means to me. Yeah. Make it as clear and concise as possible because we're naturally nonverbal communicators anyway. So you're already adding so much layer of a problem to an email that you normally wouldn't have. And so to make it interpretable is ugh, so frustrating, man. Yeah. So my non-sports one is people who ask for verbal directions and who have the ability to use GPS right. but don't use it. Oh yeah. How many? Like I don't know how many times. Like, oh, what's the address? Or they'll be like, how do I get them? Like, well, here's the address. Like, no, no, no. Just tell me how to get them. Like, you have a smartphone. No, no. Give me, give you the address. When people require me to do that, you know, I've done this to multiple people. (laughs) They say, how do you get here? I'll look at them and I'll real slow and I'll say, all right, here's what you're gonna want to do. You're gonna want to pull your cell phone out of your pocket, pull up whatever you use for GPS, and you're gonna type this that I say into it, and then it's gonna take you there. I, I agree, man. Like, first of all, like, dude, should I know? How to tell you how to get there? Maybe. No. Maybe. Why? But well, but maybe. But maybe. But because I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. In the capabilities of what I withhold, should I probably be able to tell you how to get there? Yes. Have I used GPS to get there hundreds of times? Also, yes. I cannot. I don't yeah. know how to tell you to get there. I, I do my best, but I have generally a bad sense of direction. I just can't help it, man. Yeah, I'm the same I'll, way, man. I'll walk you. I'll walk, uh, I'll walk half a mile in the other direction before I realize I'm, and I try, I try my best, dude. I try not to be like that, but I just cannot help it. I just have a generally bad sense no, of I'm, direction. I lived in Murfreesboro for years, and every time we go to Mur- my wife and I go to Murfreesboro, I always have to be like, she's like, oh, let's go to this place. I'm like, how do I get there? She's like, you lived here. How do you not? Know? We were at Outback. We were at the Outback <laughs> Steakhouse. Drive, not there, but we were driving by, and she was like, we need to go to Walmart. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, how do I get there? She's like. You mean you just turn right? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, look to your right. That like, one's kind of on you because you literally could see it. It well, wasn't a. It wasn't an. It was instance. the kind of thing where I'm like, how do I get there? Oh yeah, that's how. Because I'm like, no, I'm yeah. with. I'm with you. Um. So so yes, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to do that for you, big dog. Like I'm yeah. so sorry. I wish that I could because I mean, inevitably, what will happen is I've definitely given people directions before and then like realize 15 minutes later like that was not right. Yeah. Or the worst <laughs> is I've had people be like, so what you're gonna want to do is i'm like can you just tell me that it's like no no no. what you're gonna want to do is go like six miles up and by the time they got to the third direction i'm like okay so i forgot the first one yeah no, and they I'm refused not. to just tell me i'm like dude i've got my google i just tell me the name of the place i'm going i can figure it out from there but all right it's about time to wrap up man uh what'd you learn man i uh i learned that we had similar feelings on most everything today we didn't have too many arguments which is frustrating to me you know how i come into this ready to battle with you what about you bro man i learned that even though i try to back up espn whenever i can i just couldn't this time and they just that was bullshit for the draft coverage can i go some some real quick back time uh, another complaint yeah all these folks throwing all these sports folks wearing suits and obviously they're at home and stuff, but wearing their friggin' tennis shoes and stuff, wearing me out, dude. Yes. Wearing I hate it, dude. Like, like, what's his name? Whoever was hosting it Trey had on Wingo, the, had this it? like really nice, like overly like bold pinstripe suit on and tennis shoes on. And also, uh, yeah, that's wearing me out, dude. Like either don't dress in a suit or wear a suit with proper yeah. shoes. And also, can we talk about how the man Michael Irving can wear three different patterns on his shirt tie and 
and jacket and still look like the dopest man that I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like, shout out to you, Michael. <laughs> but all right, guys, it's time to get out of here. Join us next week when we have very special guest, the ultimate predator, joining Ooh, us via oh, phone ultimate. next week. So uh, this has been Pucks Out Podcast, and we'll, we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Pucks Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Pucks Out Pod.